Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 18 of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, MBG, and Joy with me in the studio today. Big football news for this past week is the Chiefs took down the Eagles in one of the best Super Bowls that I've seen. We got no football for a while after this, unless you're an XFL fan. So I thought we could just do a little deep dive on the Super Bowl and see if you guys had any thoughts. I assume you guys all watched. Yeah. When was it? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was on Sunday. <laughs> I'm just getting ready for the San Antonio Brahmas against the Seattle Sea Dragons in week one of the XFL. You've been checking out the calendar, man. That's impressive. You even know names. I couldn't tell you one XFL team or USFL team. Which which are we talking about? XFL or USFL? You're not going to hit up. You're not season ticket holders for the Arlington Renegades. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's probably I, Arlington, I, Virginia, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I'll have to go check them out. Maybe. Well, you know who's got the best logo? Have you seen the Houston Roughnecks? They've got like really? an old school Oilers-looking like logo. Oilers. I didn't yeah. mean to derail the conversation. But... No, that's what that's what this podcast is. So, yeah, that's cool, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Kind of a half a... Anyway, the, the Super Bowl was awesome. It was, you're exactly right. It was one of the best games ever. And, and you knew it was too good to be true with that call at the end. Was it holding? Sure. Should they have called it? Absolutely not. That's just my two cents. Yeah, I left with a bad taste in my mouth because it was kind of fixing up to be, you know, a, a great finish, and then the refs kind of took that away. I mean, I guess you could say Philadelphia took it away by holding, but, you know, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. It was a good game all the way through and then kind of a bad way to end it. I was hoping yeah, McKinnon would, be- would just would just score that touchdown so at least Philadelphia would get a chance. But as soon as he went down, you knew – you know how it was going to end and that Philly wasn't really going to get the ball back with any significant chance to, to come back. So left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I agree. Cool. I mean, seeing Mahomes march down and, and, you know, get a score if it's a field goal or a touchdown either way without the penalty would have been cool. And then I would have loved to see Hertz get the ball back with a little bit of time on the clock and have a chance. That dude was so much fun to watch in that game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and Mahomes, are, the problem is, is they're both too likable. So it's like, you know, usually the, for the Super Bowl, there's at least someone that I hate, and there really wasn't anybody that I disliked. So um, that was Well, because usually Brady's in the Super Bowl. So there's. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> so what'd you think? I thought it was a really good Super Bowl until the very end. I'm kind of with MBG. Like, I was like, wow, this is going to be a great game. And then the end, I was like, this is the ending we get for such a good game. That was third and eight, I think. Third and something. It was third down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I thought they got to stop. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to pose this question to you. Uh, Jarrett McKinnon didn't, he slid down at the one, which was absolutely the right thing to do, right? 100%. Team oh, guy. Right. But you've lived your entire life. It would have been his first touchdown in the Super Bowl in his career. The thing you tell your kids about, 
and there's no guarantee he's going to be back in the Super Bowl. What would you do? Would you score? Or Heck would you, yeah. Or would you slide it up? <laughs> no way, man. If he would have scored, he would have heard it, man. He went back to the sideline. He would have heard it from everybody. So? I would have tripped by accident. <laughs> As someone who had a mechanic anytime touchdown bet going, uh... <laughs> Ooh, brutal. <laughs> that was tough. That's a tough. That's a bad beat. As our well, it's a mechanic, mechanic. Yeah. I would have scored, uh, but yeah. it really made me like him. I was like, wow, that's a high character individual right there that would just do it for the team. I don't have that much character, apparently, because I would have scored. <laughs> Who <laughs> was the one who tried doing that and got pulled in the end zone? Was that Gurley like a few years ago? It wasn't a Super Bowl, but it was uh, – I don't even That's think it was right. a playoff game. It was probably just a regular He got like carried game. in, didn't he? he got, like, yeah, he like figured out like halfway through and started leaning like into the end zone and just got like pushed in. <laughs> yeah, my big takeaway is that my guy Juan Thornhill, formerly of UVA, safety on the Kansas City Chiefs, now has more Super Bowl rings than Aaron Rodgers. So – uh, you know, that's good stuff as far as I'm concerned. Did you guys have any play? I assume y'all have players from your schools in the Super Bowl. You assume too much. <laughs> <laughs> I was what's looking your, at this side of the screen, MBG. What's your definition of in the Super Bowl? <laughs> they're on a roster. Yeah, well, that counts. They get they're getting a ring. That counts. Two inactives were on wide receivers were on the roster. I mean, he had Clyde Edwards-Elair, obviously, from the Chiefs, but he didn't play a lot this season because he got injured. But And he probably lost his job this year, honestly. Well, he got a ring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's – what was Pacheco? It was like a seventh-round pick, right? I think from they're Rutgers. probably going to ride with that dude. From, from Rutgers, right? Football powerhouse. All right. Well, that will bring us up to our weekly segment, Genius of the Week. Each of us is going to nominate player-coach team conference – Someone who did something particularly dumb this past week, then we'll take a vote, see who wins. Last week, we had our second ever Twitter vote to decide the winner. The people chose wisely as the Iowa Hawkeyes in their contract with uh, offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz got 63% of the vote. And in a Darko high school basketball team came in second with 20%. So one game win streak, baby. Casey, you got this week. Go ahead, MBG, before we go. I said that was an easy choice last week. Wasn't even fair. The best team. <laughs> we didn't Listen, even put up a fight. There were some election rigging attempts from our LSU chapter. I'm just saying. <laughs> Over it. <laughs> but we persevered. Y'all could have done the same thing. <laughs> it was honestly such a weak week. You know, it was just, it was. We didn't even have the audio. We're going to have the audio next week when I can send oh. it out correctly this week. Way to call no me asterisk. On the There's no asterisk on my win, baby. I didn't follow up on it. I just, my bad. It. My bad, we'll guys. No, no bad. No bad. All right. Go. Genius of the week. I always want to say go to the week, but it's genius of the week. This week, I'm going to College Station, Texas. Woo! Or, <laughs> or actually, the Texas A&M fans. And this genius of the week is actually courtesy of our friend Five Foot Nothing Pod on Texas on uh, Twitter. So it started out between a conversation on Twitter between a Texas fan and a Texas A&M fan. And a Texas fan says, I don't remember anyone being this hype when the little Aggies joined the SEC. Uh, Aggie fan says, congratulations, you spent 11 years telling everyone how overrated the sec was while averaging 6.7 wins in the big 12 
then turned around and paid $100 million to join a year early. It goes on for a little bit, and then it comes back with, uh, didn't the Aggies spend $20 million on a recruiting class for half of them to hit the portal a year later? To which Aggie fan says, 20 of 22 starters returning, but go ahead, talk your junk. And a Notre Dame fan of all people, <laughs> S-T-A-N-D with us, at J.L. Gallagher 3, responds with the zinger of the week, and it just put the entire Texas A&M fan base into the, a grave, to 20 of the starters that went 5-7. and seven. You can have them. <laughs> Texas, Texas A&M fans. My genius of the week. What a good one. <laughs> I might vote for you, Casey. <laughs> All right, Joy, who do you have? So mine is um, Juju Smith-Schuster, which if you know anything about Juju, you know, for a while he was like a premier wide receiver, and then his career like kind of fell off. His football career, that is. His TikTok career took off, and he became known as the TikTok football player that would dance on um, other NFL teams' logos on the 50-yard line before games. So he, um, right after the Super Bowl, he made a fake Valentine's Day card and said, I'll hold you when it matters most. And it's a picture of A.J. Brown from the Philadelphia Eagles, who obviously was called for holding, and it's a whole thing. And But A.J. Brown politely responded and said, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on your way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. So Juju is mine because he literally did absolutely nothing this season, and Patrick Mahomes literally saved his career, and he still has the audacity to talk crap. And shout out to A.J. Brown for just giving it right back to him correctly. TikTok boy is how I will forever remember Juju Smith-Schuster. That's, that's tough to come back from. <laughs> did you see Did you see LeGarrette Blunt come back at – Juju Smith-Schuster as well on I Twitter. He said 172 yards in the last six games, Super Bowl included, of the season, and no TDs. Who held you then? <laughs> That's pretty, pretty good. I love that. You don't mess with LeGarrette Blount. No. We learned that one. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thanks for the, for the extra little – I got you. I'm trying All to right, buy MBG, votes in the, the who I like least over there That's on right. the TikTok. <laughs> well, You're trying to buy TikTok votes. The man. results are coming in, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, MBG. All right. I've got the fighting Irish of Notre Dame. As you know, I've they've still been looking to fill their offensive coordinator position, which uh, they just did tonight. Um, but up until tonight, they seem to have had their sights set on Utah offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig. And I think they courted him quite a bit um, and had their eyes set on him. It appeared that Ludwig was ready to come over and uh, uh, come to Notre Dame, but there was a slight snag which was that Mr. Ludwig had a $2.8 million buyout clause that Notre Dame ultimately decided that they were unwilling to pay. So I would say that Notre Dame is my genius of the week for interviewing a guy who you knew had a buyout yeah. and then coming to the conclusion 
that you weren't going to pay his buyout, which kind of reminded me a little bit of the George O'Leary debacle that they had earlier. Uh, well, not earlier, but uh, several years ago. But um, there was a post that I thought was funny from a Notre Dame poster about this named Big Nick 1972. And he was hoping that the offensive coordinator would be Jason Candle. And he says, please let it be Candle. And then he says, and please let both uh, Marcus Freeman and Jack Swarbick speak to the board of trustees. We have more money than God. He borrows from us. If it was <laughs> Jenkins, the, the president who effed up, he should be fired or excommunicated. No more sanctimonious stuff from him. Yes, we are a Catholic university, but let's set the bar higher than mediocrity. We do for everything else. My question to Father Jenkins, what are you willing to fight for? So Notre Dame, first off, for um, being unwilling to pay what would is a relatively small buyout of $2.8 million. And then this Notre Dame fan being upset because... They have more money than God, and God has to borrow from Notre Dame. <laughs> what a statement, man. <laughs> but I seriously, can you imagine? I don't know if they just thought that Utah would say, ah, forget the buyout. You can just right. have him. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, going in a, it's like going in a store, and something costs 100 bucks, and not having 100 bucks. Just and putting it on the counter. It, Taking it, up to the cash, it up. <laughs> taking it up to the cash register <laughs> and then being surprised that they're expecting you to pay a hundred dollars. Oh, you're going to make me pay. <laughs> How dare you? Wow. Do you know who we are? Wow. I mean, I guess maybe they just thought that find a way. Those pesky but, contracts, MBG. They'll get you every yeah, time. Always getting in the way. So anyways, for that, Notre Dame was my genius of the week. And I thought that post was uh, pretty entertaining. All right, so mine is short and sweet. My uh, genius of the week is, and I, I apologize if I pronounce his name wrong, uh, Dr. Yanki Wu and his colleagues at Oklahoma State, who spent about 12 years developing a new grass called Tahoma 31. Turf, I don't know if you all saw, it was all over the news leading up to the Super Bowl. Everyone was talking about how it's got this incredible durability. It can stand up to the halftime show, all the practices, you know, big game, all that good stuff. Uh, unfortunately, it turns out that Tahoma 31 is a totally frictionless surface uh, because players were basically skating all over the field like they were on black ice during the game. Had a bunch of guys, you know, changing their cleats. Uh, I, and I couldn't hear a lot of the game. I don't know if they were talking about that, but, you know, it's a pretty big debacle when you've got guys, you know, changing from, I guess, half inch to three quarter inch cleats and having to get their spats taken off and put back on and all that good stuff. So, uh, they got all this good pub leading up to the game, and then it turned out to be a little bit of a debacle. So uh, hopefully it stood up to the halftime show at least. But for that, Dr. Wu and Oklahoma State, they are my uh, co-geniuses -genius, of the week. Yeah, they sent out tweets, uh, I think, earlier in the week, all bragging all about it. They were so proud of that turf that they had. <laughs> He's known as the sod father. He has a is he really the Sultan of <laughs> Dirt or something like that? Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> That's great. Damn it! I would have just said the Sod Father was my genius of the week. I wish I'd known. That's a complete fumble on my part. All right, before we get started on this week's message board post, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home, sponsoring the MPG podcast. You can find them on Twitter 
at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. We also want to thank the folks at Saturday's Count. You can find their merch at saturdayscount.com. Remember, only so many Saturdays make them count. All right, MBG, what do you have lined up for us this week? Well, this first post is interesting, especially considering that who's you're a Virginia fan, and somehow, someway, Joy is a Duke basketball fan. <laughs> and Virginia and Duke squared off this week. I'm sure both of you know, being the big basketball fans that you are. And Virginia won that game. Am I right, Who's? Uh, we won in a completely non-controversial ma- manner, yes. Yep. Fair and square, right? <laughs> so apparently that did not sit well with our Duke friends. And as you can imagine, they were upset after. I'm going to read this, and then who's I'm going to let you kind of explain to us how this game unfolded and why this Duke fan is so upset. But he said this after, and this is from Matches. He says, I don't respect them, speaking of Virginia. They foul on literally every play. Their plotting (laughs) crappy style is a pox on the game. And the fact that they've had success with it has been bad for college basketball. And that girl in the stands they kept showing had a Hitler mustache and no one told her. So there's a lot to unpack here, but first... (laughs) Why are Duke fans so upset? So I'll, I'll start this. And, Joy, feel free to, to jump in. My take on this is you had a tie game, end of regulation. Duke center, Filipowski, goes to the rack. As time is expiring, from my vantage point, got his <laughs> packed cleanly by our point guard. Uh <laughs> A proper no call, and the game went in overtime. Duke wilted under our unending pressure, and we won by seven. Um, so fair I mean, balanced. That, yeah, that, that was my interpretation. Joy, I don't know if you saw something different from your perspective. I have no comment because this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and can I go from uh, just completely dislike for both teams? And yeah. <laughs> not really dislike, but it's not mine, and they're in my conference, but – I saw a beautifully drawn up play out of bounds play. Holy moly, was that fantastic. Like that was one of the best out of bounds plays I've ever seen to get that kid that wide open. But I think it was the right call. I, I know that the ACC came out and said something about how they, even though he was fouled after 0.0, there still should have been free throws. I don't, I don't get that. I've only been playing and watching basketball since I was six. So that's 39 years. I'm dating myself, so I don't have a big sample size, but I don't understand how that works. But does anybody have any sympathy for Duke basketball? Maybe getting not getting the benefit <laughs> of one call? I mean, I want to make sure that I extend the same grace and dignity to Duke fans that they gave us when Duke beat us on an obvious traveling call that should have been called against Grayson Allen in 2016. I mean, they were they were lovely about that. Grayson I remember What's that? Yeah, Grayson Allen, our our podcast friend, Grayson Allen. There's another game, uh, friend of the show, 1997, where we got jobbed by the refs so badly that John Feinstein devoted seven pages of a book to what happened. <laughs> I I remember distinctly, Coach K was very apologetic about that. So I just want to make sure I'm I'm responding in kind. Seriously though, I like I get why Duke fans are upset. I do, 
not because of the call, but I mean, as a bubble team, a road win against a perennial power, you know, really would have bolstered their resume. And so it's kind of, it's, they're in the Shireverse now, which has got to be a tough place to be. And so, you know, thoughts and prayers. It was funny that he called Virginia's style of play a pox on the game, though. So, I mean, I looked it up because I thought, well, Virginia must be averaging like 49 points a game or something and scraping by winning games like like 49 to 45. But when I looked it up, Virginia averages 70 points a game. You know how many Duke averages? How many? 71.4. Right? (laughs) They have almost identical offensive numbers across the board in terms of um, field goal percentage, three-pointers made, three-pointer shot, uh, all of all of the uh, essential offensive categories, they're almost identical. So I thought it was funny that uh, he was calling Virginia and their s- plotting style of play a pox on the game. Do you find Virginia that uh, difficult to watch? I know you don't, Who's? Well, no, I, I don't, it's, it's I don't a thing of beauty, right? <laughs> Tony Bennett's known to, for his defense, so I think that's what that's why this pox, this narrative is, is alive. But this team has a little bit more offense than – Virginia has had in the past. I mean, listen, I think it's beautiful. I, I, I'm, I'm just waiting for Joy's comment. I don't know if anything is forthcoming. But... <laughs> there will not Nothing? be. <laughs> did you watch? Did you scream at the TV? Give us yeah. something. Okay. Yeah. At the top of my lungs. Well, just did you know. Throw anything? I didn't throw anything. Including Are you getting your security of- deposit back? Include no, and I didn't throw a fit. You won't find one thing on my Twitter about it because I do understand why people don't like Duke fans. So I will not add to that trouble more than they already have to deal with themselves. Do you still have an autographed photo of John Shire up, or has that been taken? Still down staring yet? at it. <laughs> I can't goad you. This sucks. Still staring at it. <laughs> She's not. She's I'm unflappable tonight. Not cracking. <laughs> well played, ma'am. Well played. Thanks. Well, I thought we'd get her, but we didn't. So I guess it's time to just we move right on. So I thought we'd move up back back to some football and talk about this Pac-12 issue that's going on. And it seems as though the Pac-12 is dying on the vine as they're scrambling. Uh, as U- USC and UCLA are leaving, uh, their TV contract is up, and they seem to be scrambling. Uh, if you believe what you see on Twitter, uh, nobody really wants to pay to televise the games. Um, so they're in a difficult spot. Um, and one team in particular, Utah, seems to be um, at a loss for what to do. But there is one poster here on this Ute zone who's got a genius idea. And he says, this is what needs to happen. Step one, the four corner schools need to jump ship to the Big 12. Washington and Oregon then need to follow. Um, The Bay Area schools need to pinch their noses and also join. Step two, the following schools break from the Big 12 and form a new conference. Arizona, ASU, Colorado, Utah, Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Cal to form a Western division of the new conference. And then Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor, Houston, TCU, and West Virginia form the Eastern division of the new conference. Let's face it, my proposal is the the best realistic approach. 
for both the PAC and the Big 12. Sorry, BYU, UCF, Cincy, SDSU, Oregon State, and Washington State, but you guys don't get to dilute the conference. So the genius plan is we'll join the Big 12 just to get the other Big 12s to leave with us and, and form a whole new conference. And l- let's not get it twisted. The reason why he this guy proposed this is just to screw BYU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for no other reason. But you can appreciate that, right? Like, I'm sure that, that part of the plan you, you'd be okay with. Well, I I hate Utah as much as I hate BYU. So, you know, I don't have any pity for Utah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's always good to watch, uh, watch someone screw over BYU, I suppose. But it's an interesting. for San Diego State. Yeah, they're not even. State's been in the Pac-12 for like a minute, right? Didn't they just get? Well, they they don't even have they haven't been invited, and it doesn't appear that that is that invitation is going to come. Right. The four corner schools are what Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, Casey, Wyoming. No, it's Colorado, (laughs) Utah, and then the Arizonas. The other four corner state is New Mexico, but. Um, there's no. Well, we can't get Mexico. those Aggies in there. And where well, does Utah State? Utah State stays in the Mountain West. Like, why is Utah State getting getting pooped on here? Because it's a Utah fan. Yeah, I mean, you look. I know nobody cares about the history, but Utah screwed Utah State over so many times that um, it's, that's just kind of what they do. But no, Utah State's not included in those four corner schools. It's the two Arizonas, Utah, and Colorado. Um, so. They just want to get everybody to join the Big 12 just long enough to invite some of the Big 12 to come with them to break away from the Big 12. <laughs> I'm lucky which, I know which direction North Carolina and South Carolina is. Don't <laughs> ask me these four-corner things. I, yeah, I had but, no idea who the four-corner schools were either, to be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't either, but it was the way MBG said Casey, as if he was not <laughs> mad, but he was he was disappointed. That really made me lose it. Casey, put a map up on on the on the screen, just so you guys can all see. MBG, we believe you. So <laughs> okay, so you see how the four of us are in a square here. There's four states that make it square, just like that. Right. So you can actually go and you can lay down and be in four states. Wait, I've been there. I went to Clemson. <laughs> it's just got worse. <laughs> I've been there. I mean, I mean whatever. <laughs> this has turned into a geography lesson, man. I kind of like it. Okay, I'm from last and well, second to last in education, so cut us a break. But I didn't have to admit it. I was just trying to make Casey feel better. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's quick we're, work we're right there. At a, a U.S. map on our screen right now. This is so Utah, Utah, Colorado. I see it. All right. I get it now. This this really conveys in the audio format, you guys. This is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This this visual medium. I just should TikTok them out, though, so they can see. All right. (laughs) But this just goes to show that in college football, anything west of Texas doesn't really matter to anybody. Is that fair? Yes. So I'm not sure why we even bothered reading this this post about Utah and the four corner states and because it had the word Utah, in Oregon, it. Washington. I like the Rose Bowl. Utah. 
I yeah, figured, I figured it was so we could get some digs in at Utah and BYU. Frankly, that, that's well, that's always my assumption. Well, that's true, happen. but it apparently doesn't play to to everybody in the college football world. So it's, it would really just be to entertain me. So maybe you know it's time we just kind of move <laughs> move on. I was entertained too. I was just trying to put yeah. the pieces together again. It's like one of those <laughs> things, like who goes where and what now. Yeah. Just just step behind you, MBG. I'll never forget the way MBG said Casey ever. <laughs> like literally, like I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I'm gonna isolate that for for replay for this week. That was hysterical. All right, so let's just forget that that all happened. <laughs> we're gonna move on, and we're gonna pick on Notre Dame some more because <laughs> because it's involved. That's still located somewhere in the college football universe. How? We don't know. Yeah, how we don't know. But we talked about um, Notre Dame was looking for an offensive coordinator. We talked about that earlier, and there was a poster that had an absolutely genius idea. Um, and this guy, his post name or his board name is Scotty Feels Like 88. Um, and he says, let's give Charlie Weiss a call. Offer him a <laughs> offer him a one year at first i thought well he was talking about charlie weiss jr that's what i first thought and then i read the post he says offer him a one-year deal and have him bring his son in to be his successor give weiss a year with hartman and they will and they may sniff a title so he's clearly talking about the the charlie weiss to make a return to notre dame as the offensive coordinator and with charlie weiss and Sam Hartman, they might be able to sniff a title. What do you guys think? The conference title? <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> if there was an independent conference this year, I mean, I think that they could take it pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, BYU's not even in it this year, so it's, I mean, it's pretty much just them. Scotty feels like it's 88, uh, but no one, there's not a lot of people that, there's not a lot of younger fans that have seen a national championship at Notre Dame. Well, None of the they, players have. Based the on the way they act, though, you would think they won it like last year. No, it's baby steps. They're just trying to sniff one. They didn't say <laughs> one. Wait, so how close is sniffing, by the way? I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, we have to define this sniff. Yeah. I mean, like the Alamo like, Bowl is that sniffing? Like eight and four Texas A and M like Texas sniffing uh, a national <laughs> title. Is it like that? I mean, you know, I, I think they could sniff a title. I guess <laughs> it sounded creepier every time you say it. By the way, I don't know why. The, <laughs> but I mean, thing have to be in the stadium and they can like walk by it. Is it like Disney where it emits? flavors and smells it's like the corn dogs at lsu <laughs> did y'all just like, get together and decide like tonight's gang up on joy night like we're just gonna see what no. surprise that, out of that happens organically actually that's <laughs> um i have a question though so i looked at oh sorry oh, let's hear your question are they wanting to bring charlie weiss back for free considering they only stopped paying him like four years ago <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the issue with the buyout. If his buyout's anywhere near $2.8 million, then the answer well, is no. Well, they paid him. 
they already paid him. They're done. His last payment was in 2019. Well, he's got a current job. He does. Where? The University of No One yes. Cares. It's probably in those four corners. Hey, is he is he uh, coaching now? I no. don't think he is. No, he oh, hosts yeah. a radio show called Airing It Out with Bob Papa. I guarantee he's got some sort of a buyout there. Bob Papa's <laughs> not just going to let him walk. Is this, this a the joke? second instance of disgust by M- MBG with the hand motions? <laughs> he was he was I, mad at us for not knowing that. Like, I, can't, I can't believe you don't know that he hosts Airing It Out with Bob Papa. No, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't think a lot of people know that I'm on this show. Put it on a poll. So clear, on a poll. To hire me, there's a oh. big buyout. Well, I'm no Bob Papa, first off. So, of course, you can't. People know him. who you are. <laughs> Bob Papa's not just going to let Charlie Weiss walk away from the radio show for free. I mean, no, you run by Mom. Twitter comedian. That's true. <laughs> I did get a new nickname this week, too. I don't know if you guys saw that. I no. did. It was brilliant. The Arbiter of Dumbassery. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave you that one? Uh, it was like on a Tennessee message board. I saw oh, that's yeah. tremendous. It was, it, was, it was awesome. So, I, by so, the way, I did check out Charlie's coaching uh, bona fide. So, his, he was last run out of Kansas in, I think, 2014. Uh, before that, he was the OC at Florida for a year in 2011, where Florida ranked 102nd in total offense. So I, I think they're, I think Notre Dame is on the right track here. Well, he is a, a bigger coach too, which feeds right into. But he's not a head coach. Does it does it matter if the larger, fatter coaches aren't head coaches? Like, are they still as equally as successful if they're offensive coordinators? Can we use the word FUPA on this podcast? Because that's what I think of when I think of Charlie Weiss, to be honest. <laughs> look it up, kids. We're not going to define it for you, but look it up, he is kids. the greatest FUPA in college football history. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I would agree. And I think that would translate to something big for Notre Dame. But <laughs> Charlie Weiss sniffs buffets. <laughs> and ergo Notre Dame sniffs titles. There you go. Yep, I guarantee he's got a sniffer on him. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. This happens every I don't even time. know what it means, but it's funny <laughs> just listening. <laughs> 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 we have to bleep that out. This is usually like really together, but he's really struggling tonight. Let's leave. Oh, let's God. leave Charlie alone. We've done enough. We've done enough damage to Charlie. Who's <laughs> this <is> crying? <laughs> But anybody hey, else? <laughs> Casey's crying because who's this crying? Look, you're gonna have so much to edit out of here. <laughs> oh, Lord. In, oh, my God. Thank you. Um, 
in a hand of fellowship, I just want to encourage everyone to to listen to Charlie Weiss on yeah. Papa on airing it out. I'm gonna give him a plug. What do they talk about on airing it out? I mean, I think I could deduce it, but uh, they talk about the air raid offense. Casey, do you think I've ever really listened to airing it out? That's the third That's the instance third of disgust by MPG. <laughs> Like, Casey, like you're the biggest disappointment tonight. <laughs> 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 off the rails. It's off the rails. MPG's going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> we have literally disappointed him so much. <laughs> That's but, sweet, but we have, Casey, you have disappointed him. I'm just waiting for him to rip out his earbuds and just walk out of the frame just, and not come back. Someone said, not the snort. Oh, Lordy. My stomach hurts from laughing. Oh, oh my gosh. That was funny. <laughs> now I have three sound bites to isolate and put them all in succession. No, you know what you should do is just it's a compilation of MBG saying Casey just over and over and over. <laughs> you should make it a custom ringtone every time he calls. You could do like Whoa. a remix of those. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Oh, oh my god. Uh, All right, back to it. All right, let's move on. Let's move on for picking on Charlie Weiss for a minute. Okay. So I got another post. This is from a Miami board. It has nothing to do with Miami. And I don't know what was going through this guy's mind. Um, but apparently he had just watched the Super Bowl. And he was not impressed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this is from Honey IV. And it says, Kansas City Chiefs at Georgia Bulldogs? Question mark. Night game between the hedges. Crowd going crazy. I think Georgia wins. How ridiculous is this post? Does anyone think that Georgia would stay within 50 points of Kansas City? I mean, I don't know what's in that IV, but it's not honey. And I would dare to believe it's for drugs. That's the only thing that would make that post slightly logical. Yeah. I mean, is it not enough for Kane fans to be delusional about their own team? Like they, they have to, they've got to bring Georgia into it somehow. Like what what I really like, too, is that no matter the team, if it's a really good team, I'm sure 2019 LSU and uh, others said, oh, they they could beat Jacksonville. Like, when is that narrative going to end? Never. Always, but now they're going, at least they're going Georgia with the Super Bowl champs. Yeah, It's no I mean, longer like the best college team versus the worst NFL team. I did see a lot right. of like 2019 could beat the Cleveland Browns. But right. now it's now yeah. it's. Georgia could beat the Super Bowl champion. I would love to see Frank Clark get loose. Oh my God. On Stetson Chris Bennett. Jones. Chris Jones would just be ragged on guys left and right. I would love yeah. it. Actually, I think it would be beautiful. Yeah, let's do it. it. Let's Can do it. The MBG podcast bowl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the disappointed the- in Casey Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what- by Chris Weiss's podcast. <laughs> airing it out look <laughs> for next week i'm just gonna call bob papa and see if he can fill in 
Bob Papa has gotten way more shout outs than I was expecting. Uh-oh. Mainly because I had never heard the name Bob Papa before before we started today. So. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a dumb post. That's a dumb post. But yeah. let's let's He's ruthless. Let's move on to some much smarter posts now. Right? Yeah, let's move on. This is the we're gonna move into the intellectual portion of the podcast. <laughs> well, me in case thing. you're out. We'll see y'all next yeah. week. Put put your thinking caps on, kids. And oh my god. So we'll stay with the Super Bowl. I'm assuming everybody saw the halftime show. Now I when I watched the halftime show, I thought it was relatively mild compared to some halftime shows. But I mean at this point you kind of do the halftime show, you kind of understand that we're not watching um, Neil Diamond out there, right? Oh, I mean, that's a good idea for next year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watched it with my kids, and I didn't, like, I, I didn't clutch my pearls at any point. You know, I'm She made one well. movement with her hands that may have been questionable. I had an older gentleman sitting next to me saying, oh, I can't let my 10-year-old watch that. And I'm like, eh, you were looking for it. Did uh, I mean now yeah. she did a thing with her thing with her hand with her thing? Yeah, the audio format. <laughs> did I ever tell you guys about my run in with Rihanna? No, no. So I actually, well, I'm not going to say I met Rihanna, but. One, was, I think it was maybe 2011, 2012. I was staying in a hotel in Hoover, Alabama, of all places. And Rihanna was playing a benefit concert for tornado victims. And apparently she was staying in my hotel. I found this out because I went to get on the elevator to go down. And when I, the doors opened, there was this giant guy standing in the doors. I think in hindsight, I'm pretty sure he was there to try to deter people from getting on the elevator. But that didn't register with me, so I just kind of, <laughs> I just, I just kind of squeezed around him and walked to the back of the elevator. And I look over in the corner, and there's Rihanna sitting there eating a tiny box of Frosted Flakes with her hands. And I didn't dare say a word to. Her. I just rode in the elevator, stared at her a few times out of the corner of my eye, like kind of a creep, and then just let her walk out the elevator. Nothing. Didn't I didn't dare say a word. Nothing, but I did ride in an elevator with Rihanna for about eight eight floors. I'll be honest with the MBG. I stared at her like <laughs> like a creep during the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> you were trying well, to perfect the hand motion, Casey. That's why. <laughs> and apparently, Casey, you weren't the only one because there were some unhappy folks with this halftime show. I'm going to read a sample of them. The first one was from a Texas A&M fan. He said, uh, exactly. And I'm going to assume that these were all men. He said, this Super Bowl halftime show is the worst I've seen. Amazing how unwholesome the powers to be of the NFL have become. A Tennessee fan, kind of funny that they have her dancing around amidst a bunch of people dressed like Klansmen. A Notre Dame fan. <laughs> It's fine if you like a pregnant gal faking intercourse on stage with a bunch of eunuchs dancing around <laughs> her. And this one was this one was one of my favorites is from a Nebraska fan. It says Rihanna is not big is not a big enough star for a halftime show. Her music catalog just doesn't have the oomph 
to carry a show like this. Very poor, in my opinion. Oh, my God. Stay in Nebraska and never leave, please. <laughs> and the best ones were the Clemson fans, Casey. <laughs> they didn't want to see Rihanna. Well, I shouldn't say Clemson fans, but a couple Clemson fans. They didn't want to see Rihanna. They had some better suggestions. They said, I would rather have seen Journey than Rihanna. And then a response says, I couldn't tell you one song by Rihanna, but Journey has a ton of great songs. Obviously, they don't want any good bands doing the Super Bowl anymore. <laughs> I would love to see Journey or Sticks, <laughs> or maybe Def Leppard. What a show that would be. So instead of Rihanna, his top three are Journey, Sticks, or Def Leppard, if one of those two can't. Uh, they can't get it. <laughs> they're busy. Journey sticks Def Leopard. Doing None their nursing home tour. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my question would be is what would your choices be? Ooh. For Super Bowl halftime. That's a good question. Uh, the NFL's listening for next Is Pink year. Floyd still alive? <laughs> Casey, you are a true Clemson fan. You're staying true <laughs> to the form. <laughs> How do you so, know yeah, those Casey two weren't read? Yeah, you didn't think those posts were funny, actually. <laughs> Casey was like, like uh, no, they forgot Billy, man. <laughs> Can you imagine Doma Origato, Mr. Roboto? Mr. Roboto would show? rock at the Super Bowl. <laughs> that would that would totally rock. Could you imagine? If you think they were eunuchs this week, watch that video. So, Casey, you're bad to just like. Casey's band would be Pink Floyd. That, you know, that's like your dream band for the Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, because could you imagine like all the people that are, take the drugs and they just like zone out for twenty minutes? I don't know. That made no sense. Yeah. Joy, what about you? I want like a Louisiana rap star compilation. So I want like Lil Wayne, Lil Boosie, and Kevin Gates all at the same time. See, I liked last year's. I'm a 90s I like last year's too. too guy. And this like, year's honestly like you're, everyone's going to complain. I'm like, if it had been a half naked woman up there that could barely sing but dance like a stripper, we'd still be seeing it was appropriate. So like, she got up there fully clothed and probably four or five months pregnant, and we y'all and everyone's going to complain. Everyone's going to complain. I'm just over. I'm like, y'all just shut up. Just turn it off. Turn it off. Who's? I think I know what you're going to say. Who's your band? Well, yeah, I mean, my my ideal band, of course, would be the Beastie Boys, but obviously one of them is I knew it. no longer with us. So I'm and I'm gonna do this just for joy. So I threw this out to my college buddies, and uh, this was one of their suggestions. He said Elvis, Snoop Dogg, and the Bear in the Blue House getting baked and singing show tunes is who he wants to see for the Super Bowl show. I had to I had to Google. Bear in the Blue House. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Apparently, it's a cartoon. That was before my kids' time, but that's that's I I couldn't top that suggestion. So was it, was it or Snoop? We go, Snoop was in last year's Getting High at halftime, so I don't. Yeah, know. but he didn't yeah. sing show tunes. That's true. <laughs> God forbid. Is there, are you, are you, unlike Rihanna, he's got a large um, uh, compilation of songs he can go to. That's the most yeah. That was that's a weird thing. comment, bro. So dumb. Are you saying, did you pose it to your college buddies that we need something that's not, that people aren't going to complain about? 
and that's just what, they what came would up your with. ideal what would your ideal lineup be? And he and my buddy Todd answered like literally two seconds later um, with that. So he's had that in the chamber for a while, apparently. <laughs> I know this <laughs> is sure off why. topic, but and and I, I've been on a hot streak with off topic tonight. But you you mentioned all these nicknames of your college buddies. What's your nickname for your college buddies? Did, that, did we ever talk about that? Is it allowed to be said on this podcast? No. <laughs> we'll talk off air. <laughs> it might identify me to uh, <laughs> to people who don't know that I do this. So okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know who MBG would want to hear. I'm guessing anyway. The only there's only one band, Rage Against the Machine. The goats, which who's I know you had a campaign to get Rondi Barber in the football hall of fame. I did. And maybe you can do a similar campaign to get Rage in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which How they're are they not. not. Exactly. Exactly. Are they I don't not? know, Casey. No, they yeah. are not. I think they've been nominated like five or six times. I said, How are they not? But it's a, it's a conspiracy. The man is keeping I, them I down. It, I I was I got a great deal of satisfaction out of Rondé making the Hall of Fame, even though I had nothing to do with it. I'm telling myself that I had something to do with it. You had everything to do with I it. Had, I thought that, it was all you. I I have for two years. I did a letter writing campaign with all the Hall of Fame voters. So, which I basically did through Twitter. I'm I'm assuming I'll get a Congrats. shout out during a speech. It was all you. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> That that's why Zach De La Rocha and Tom Morello and the boys need you to do the same for them. All right, man, I'll, I'll get to work on that. MBG, I just want to look for wholesome enough. You know, the NFL's lost all its wholesome content, so I just well, I mean, I, somehow and I think that some forty-year-old white guys <laughs> might be okay with Rage Against the Machine. Did you send Bob Papa a note? He should do the halftime show. That's it. Bob Papa and Charlie White. Just Bob Papa. Airing it Bob out. Papa just kicking it. No one else is going to, they're not going to complain about that. Who's going to complain about I just Bob hear Papa? He told people during the halftime show for 13 minutes. That would actually be entertaining as hell. Also, not me having called him Chris Weiss the last like four times I've referenced him and his name is Charlie. Sorry. You're on a you're on a first name basis with him. It's fine. Or BFFs. He prefers Chris. You're right. It's his <laughs> <Just> nickname. <laughs> it's kind of like how he was called me Joy Daily for the first four podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Until MBG messaged me and was like, "Hey, dude, by the way, <laughs> that's not her name." I was like, "Oh, all right, well." Well, then I put, it, I put it wrong on the poll um, <laughs> last week, so. It's fine, guys. It's fine. <sighs> Poor Joy. It's a rough life out here for a Duke fan. <laughs> so bummed that you didn't engage me on that. I had all these notes I didn't even use. <laughs> That's what you get for researching ahead of time. I know. <laughs> that was me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, that that's all I brought for us, kids. All right, well that that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com, and we'll see you next time, losers. Yeah.